Hi, welcome to Nebulous, a science fiction podcast. I'm your host and producer, Jacob Gothier. In each episode of this podcast, we learn a little bit about the genre of science fiction from our guests. After that, we follow the stories of different passengers on board the starship Nebulous as it makes its four-month journey to the distant planet of Amaranth. Our guest for this episode of the podcast is Jeremy Brett. So I am the curator of the Science Fiction and Fantasy Research Collection here at Cushing Library, um, which is one of the largest collections of its kind in the world. Cushing Library is home to rare materials, like manuscripts from Game of Thrones author George R. R. Martin. Brett went on to explain what exactly it looks like to work as a curator. So we're in charge of developing the collection, for talking to donors, for outreach, for you know all, all that kind of stuff. So... My next question was kind of a broad one. How did science fiction get started? Start in the, you know, the mid to late 19th centuries, science fiction kind of starts achieving popularity, although it's not called that. You know, people like Jules Verne and H.G. Wells and um, people, writers like that. Science fiction, as we understand it, is kind of born out of the, the era of pulps in the early 20th century, pulp magazines. I had encountered that term before, but had never actually known what it meant. Brett explained that pulp magazines were called that because they were made out of wood pulp paper. So the first, so pulp magazines are really cheap magazines that started coming, they started coming out in the 1890s, but you start getting specific genres into pulp magazines starting like the like tens and ni- 1910s, 1920s, 1930s. So, but things like science fiction and other genres like mystery and horror and romance and westerns and thrillers and detective stuff, all kind of um, found homes in these pulp magazines. And this was a way to get uh, literature out cheaply to more people. Um, so it's in the 20s and 30s that you start to get titles like amazing stories and astounding stories and startling stories, all those kind of names and things like that. And it's in those magazines that uh, science fiction and these other genres start to become really popular amongst uh, a lot of the reading population. And it's in that kind of stuff, you, start, you really start to get the tropes we see in science fiction, um, whether it's space travel, whether it's alien invasions, um, whether you know time travel, all that kind of stuff that we think of today as science fiction, a lot of it and a lot of the, the narrative tropes and developments come from the pulp magazines. One downside to the pulp magazines, though, was that the overall presentation created a perception in people that science fiction was only for kids. It wasn't serious literature. Remnants of that perception have even extended into modern times. But Brett has his own opinion on this. The science, science fiction and fantasy genres are just as legitimate as any other genre, I find. They, all, they have stories, and those stories mean something to somebody. You know, maybe... Whatever story it is, and maybe that story changed someone's life. Maybe that story made someone think differently about people and about uh, different kinds of people. Maybe that story encouraged them to become a writer, or maybe that story just got them out of their heads and their lives for an hour or two. And that's not a small thing. That's a, that's valuable too. To to sum up the original question, science fiction as we understand it kind of was born out of the pulp bear of the twenties and thirties and forties and and so forth. So. Thanks to Brett for taking the time to speak with me. Brett also wanted to remind listeners that Cushing Library and most of its collections are open to the public to interact with. You can email him about viewing the collections or with any other questions you have at jwbrett at library.tamu.edu. Now, strap in for this episode's story, The Forest.
Please return into your cabins as we will be taking off in 15 minutes. Good. A few more minutes of peace. Excuse me. Huh? Excuse me, Finnegan. The simulation room will be shutting down now to ensure that you have enough time to make it back to your cabin before you take off. That's not for another 15 minutes. My cabin's literally a two-minute walk from here. Actually, it would take you approximately four minutes and 32 seconds to reach your cabin from this location. AI. Fine, I'm going. Finn? Oh, hey. You were in the simulation room? I thought that was off-limits until after takeoff. That overrode the command. Really? Yeah. Probably penis for forcing me to come on this stupid trip in the first place. You know, you could try having a good attitude for once. Do you know how many people would- Hey, don't walk away! Sorry, hearing the exact same speech for the eighth time gets tiring. See after takeoff. <sighs> Ship, what simulation was just engaged? Vermont Forest version 4. I'm not surprised. We are now in deep space flight. You are free to move about the ship. We will reach the first warp gate in approximately six days' time. Great. Finnegan, you have new messages from Earth. From who? Whitney Cleland and Olivia Jessup. Play them. Hey, Finn. Hey, Finn. We just finished watching Nebulous take off, so you probably won't get this until you're in deep space. We know you're probably upset right now and don't want to hear a bunch of fake happy stuff, so we'll just say it. This kind of sucks. Wait, come on, that's not gonna help. Now we have to start over. You won't want to hear. Hope you're doing well right now. You have no emotional intelligence. Hey, that's not cool. Would you want to hear that? No. Okay. Anyway, just wanted to let you know that we're here for you, Finn. Send us a message when you feel up to it. Safe travels. Finn? Not now. Come on, stop being a child. We're gonna have lunch with Dad. Finn, you can eat by yourself for the rest of the voyage if you want, but resenting Dad is not gonna get you anywhere and is going to make this a very long four months. Dad already has enough on his plate with commanding the entire crew. He doesn't need to be dealing with this right now. Fine. Ship, is the simulation deck open right now? Yes, but another passenger has reserved time in three hours. I'll take what I can get. Start booting it up. Finnegan, I regret to inform you, but you have reached the end of your allotted time slot. That's fine. You have spent over 130 hours in this specific simulation the past two weeks of the voyage. That is approximately 60% of your waking hours. Don't worry about it. I am required to worry about it. If this behavior continues, I may need to contact your legal guardians. No! Don't do that! Your behavior is concerning. It is indicative of unhealthy mental processes that you prefer to spend more of your time in a simulation than in the real world. That's none of your business. You're just an AI. A highly sophisticated one. Still an AI. Don't report me to my dad. 
in the simulation. Riley? You were waiting for me? Hey, um... Dad says it's mandatory that you eat with us tonight. Mandatory? So he's ordering me around like I'm on the crew now. Finn, please, just please, not today. Fine. I said I'm coming. Do you need anything else? It's 6 p.m. We're going right now. It's already 6? Yeah, it is. Come on. So, what have you been up to? You don't have to fake it. Fake it? Fake wanting to have a conversation with me? <laughs> Fine. We can just walk in awkward silence then. Whitney and Olivia sent me a message. What? They're concerned about you. You haven't responded to any of their messages. They reached out to me because they're getting desperate. I just don't want to talk to them. I'm supposed to be trying to adjust to our new life, remember? You know Dad didn't mean cut off your best friends. I just... I just don't want to talk to them. Is that what I should tell them? Sure. Here we are. Finn? Dad? Let's, uh, let's sit down. Stir-fry tonight. Great. So, Finn, what have you been up to? Nothing much. Well, it doesn't look that way according to the ship logs. It says here you've spent most of your time in the simulation room. And? Son, that isn't healthy. Why aren't you trying to meet other kids your age? You're going to be all each other's god on Amaranth. I'm not interested. Finn, I've tolerated this the first couple of weeks because I knew you would have a rough time adjusting, but it's gone on long enough. I'm restricting your access to the simulation deck. No! Finn. No, this isn't fair. I didn't ask to be here. I wanted to stay on Earth. You don't get a choice. I'm the cap... head of this household. No. You had it right the first time. You're the captain. What I think or want doesn't matter. Finn! I'm going back to my room. I've made him miserable, haven't I? He just... Yeah. I thought it would be good for him to leave. To get away from a place that reminded him of her constantly. He just wasn't doing well back home. I know, but... I'll go talk to him. I don't know what to do, Leah. I can command a whole ship, but our family's falling apart under my watch. I wish you were here. Hey. Hey. That was pretty bad. Yeah. You got the part pretty close to the real thing. Thanks. It took me a while to program everything. Huh. 
I see you even added the evil duck with the weird beak. <laughs> he was a classic. Couldn't leave him out of it. I miss this place. Me too. Hey, I'm sorry that I've been kind of a jerk to you. Um, I think you're confused about who's been the jerk. <laughs> no, I'm not. I fully acknowledge that you've been one. I just realized that I've also been a jerk. <laughs> really, Finn, I... I should have been a little more understanding. I was happy at the chance to leave Earth, and I thought you would be too. You always wanted to explore other worlds. I mean, that's the whole reason you got into programming simulations. I just thought you'd want to experience another world for real. I'm so sorry. I forgive you. Is it here too? Yeah. Can we go see it? Yeah. Hey, Mom. Riley here. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Just tell her what you're thinking. Okay. I, I miss you a lot. You would love the simulation been created for you. It's just like the park in Vermont, right down to the evil duck. <laughs> he really misses you, Mom. I don't think we should have forced him to come along. I don't think he was ready to leave you yet. Finn, I'm sorry. What she means to say is that I'm doing better now, Mom. I'm going to try not staying here so much. I know you never would have wanted me to stop living my life because you died, and that's kind of what I've done. You would have been so excited that we were finally approved to go to another world. You would have been grabbing your paints and shouting about how Amaranth was a stupid name for a planet. You always hated that name. Said it was one of the ugliest colors in existence. <laughs> I'll paint its prairies for you, Mom. You ready? Yeah. Hey, I'm sorry, Riley, for being a jerk for everything. You're forgiven. You were a jerk, but you're forgiven. <laughs> You should bring Dad here. He acts like he doesn't hurt, but I know he does too. Sure. I like that. So, what are you gonna do now? I think... I'm gonna win a race back to the oak trees. Hey! Come back here, you cheater! Thank you for listening to The Forest. A special thanks to all the people who voiced the characters. I literally could not have done this without you. If you liked the episode, please take a listen to the other episode in this miniseries, The Stowaways. You can learn more about the episodes and some of the behind-the-scenes work that went into them on agcj366.tamu.edu. Until next time, safe travels. <laughs>